Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. I've had a few people write to me wanting to know more about Nashville City League and Tri-State League, two very strong amateur semi-pro leagues in the Nashville area, played their games at Shelby Park and Centennial and sometimes Morgan Park in the early days and other places. But I want to key in today about the 1961 City League teams. Now, the City League had been having a little bit of trouble garnering teams, and the Tri-State League was becoming strong. And there was a rating of players and teams, and there was semi-pro opportunities for some of the players. But I want to read this list that was in the National Banner about the team rosters, and you'll recognize some of these names. I hope you will. If you're listening in, you want to let me know about some of these, how you feel about them. Some of these names I recognize, and I hope you will too, because in my mind, they're stars of national baseball. Now, once again, this is 1961. The manager of the Falstaff team was Simon Dickerson, and his roster was going to include Gerald Mama Johnson, Carl Cantor, Bill Isaacs, Jerry Vradenberg, Dean Nichols, Ralph Blinn, Eugene Kidwell, Jimmy Odom, Bobby Reasonover, Jim Kirby, Russ Wingo, Charlie Fentress, Maurice Moffitt, Bob Schultz, and Richard Graves. Lloyd Eskew was to be the manager of the Nashville Merchants, and his roster was to include Ed Woodruff, Tommy Moss, Robert Donovan. Lloyd Eskew, of course, was a playing manager. Ray Hogan, Robert Evans, Robert Fly, Jesse Goins, Dick Costco, Danny McKinnon, Homer Lindsay, W.D. Hall, and Mickey Cantor. And then for the Franklin Merchants, who was to be managed by R.L. Pop Williams, this was his roster. Danny Bryant, Claude York, Hugh Waters, Gene Broski, Billy Williams, James Williams, Tom Toombs, Bobby Williams, Larry Tillman, Earl Dodd, and Harold Ford. And then there was the Nashville Sporting Goods team uh, managed by Perk Williams. On his team were Carl Bailey, Bobby Bradley, Jess Kabler, or Kabler, Billy Farrar, Jerry Flatt, Don Fortner, Corky Hartman, Jimmy Johnson, Boots Kirby, Jimmy Pig, Irvin Tussie, Bergen White, Jackie Harden, and Jimmy Harden. And then there was Clarksville, managed by Ray Hampton. And he had on his team Tom Morgan, Philip Brown, Al McLaren, Bobby Wooten, Glenn Ricker, Dave Plesnack, Jack Midwood, Jerry Vaughn, Glenn Woodall, Ed Corbett, Herbie Sanders, and Bob Mendeman. Now, I'm not sure. There was also a team listed as uh, from Murfreesboro and also a team named Lowe's Motors. And I'm not sure if those were the same teams or not because Lowe Motors had no roster published in the banner. But Murfreesboro's manager, Sewell Newell, said Johnny Maddox and Ralph Smith were on his team but listed no other players. So they began the season, and then at the first half, of the 1961 City League season, Nashville Sporting Goods sat atop the standings. They were 13-3, and and that made them the host team for the All-Star Game to be played on Tuesday, July the 4th at Shelby Park. Clarksville was the runner-up at 10-4, and making their team's manager, Ray Hampton, manager of the All-Stars team. The first-half champion had been determined on Sunday, July the 2nd, just a few days before, by virtue of a 6-4 to win over Franklin, by Nashville Sporting Goods. 
Franklin was limited to five hits by pitchers Ray Huddleston and Don Fortner as outfielder Corky Hartman slammed a two-run home run to go along with a single. And Boots Kirby, Bergen White, and Carl Bailey added two hits each. Fortner had come into the game as a reliever in the seventh when Franklin rallied for three runs to make the game close. Now, to round out the standings, Falstaff was 10-5, and five, the Nashville Merchants 5-9, and nine, Franklin Merchants 5-10, and 10, and Low Motors only won one game out of 15. But the managers got to choose the All-Stars, and here's the lineup for the All-Star team. Pitchers were Tom Morgan of Clarksville, Bob Schultz of Falstaff, and Pete Charton of National Sporting Goods. The catchers were Richard Graves of Falstaff, Wayne Smith of Franklin, and the infielders were first baseman Gerald Johnson from Falstaff. The second baseman was Deanie Bryant of Franklin. The shortstop was Bobby Reasonover of Falstaff. And the third baseman was Dave Talachia of Clarksville with the utility man, Jim Kirby of Falstaff. And then the outfielders were chosen like this, Corky Hartman of National Sporting Goods, Estel Lowe of Lowe Motors, Billy Isaacs of Falstaff, and Roy Armistead of Nashville Merchants. Now, pitcher John McCord of Franklin Merchants and Johnny Maddox, Clarksville, moved up to replace Charton and Hartman of National Sporting Goods because they were going to play for the National Sporting Goods team in this all-star game. And the lineup was altered further when Ray Hampton of Clarksville was unable to attend, and Simon Dickerson, who had been chosen as his assistant from Falstaff, was going to replace him. And Dickerson added Ralph Blinn of Falstaff as a utility man, along with pitcher Conrad Curl and first baseman Homer Brown, both of Murfreesboro. Now, Falstaff's Gerald Mama Johnson was ill the day of the game, and he wasn't expected to see action. But since Clarksville's Tom Morgan had pitched nine innings two days earlier, he'd been replaced by Curl. But the team didn't need him anyway, as former Nashville Vols left-hander Bob Schultz tossed a complete game win in leading the City League All-Stars to a 9-5 to victory. Both teams had 11 hits, but Nashville Sporting Goods left 12 men on base and Schultz walked only two batters while striking out nine. And base running may have very well been the biggest difference, with National Sporting Goods having only two while the All-Stars had seven. Stolen bases. Don Fortner was the losing pitcher by virtue of giving up the tie-breaking run in the fourth inning, giving the All-Stars a two-to-one lead, and his team never really overcame that. Schultz and Clarksville third baseman, Bill Telechia, who had three hits and stole three bases, including a steal of home, were named All-Star co-MVPs. And Nashville Sporting Goods center fielder Corky Hartman, a unanimous selection to the All-Star team, was named Most Valuable Player for his team by manager Perk Williams because Hartman had two hits and walked once and had a sacrifice fly in five plate appearances. To begin the game, Bobby Reasonover grounded to short in the first inning, but was safe and took second on a wild throw by shortstop Jerry Flat. then was singled home by Wayne Smith, just one of his three hits. And after Nashville Sporting has evened the score in the bottom of the second, the All-Stars took the lead for good in the fourth with a run and then added three more in the sixth and two in the eighth and the ninth. Now, prior to the game, umpire A.B., Treetop Hill was presented a plaque in honor of his many years of service to the league. Now, league play was set to resume after the All-Star game on Sunday, July the 9th, with the second-half winner playing Nashville Sporting Goods for the season's championship. Now, Falstaff finished 9-2, one game up on Nashville Sporting Goods' 8-3 one-loss record, 
and the two teams were scheduled for a best-of-three series for the 1961 City League pennant. Falstaff won the first game 3 to nothing. played on Tuesday night, August the 15th at Centennial Park, and then scored a run in the bottom of the ninth in the league championship game the next Sunday night and won by a score of 4-3. to Now, both teams qualified for the state AABC tournament in Knoxville, and they played well, but Falstaff fell to Jefferson City Magnavox in the championship game 2-1, to finishing second, while Nashville Sporting Goods finished third. Now, I have read and heard about the City League for a long time. I even researched them back to the early 1900s when the City League was first formed, although it morphed into several different leagues over the years. Nashville's baseball history goes way back to the 1800s, but I'm not sure it was ever more robust with amateur play and professional play as it was in the 40s, 50s, and especially into the 60s. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to be able to tell you a little bit about it. If you'd like to know more about one of the other leagues, I'll soon get into the Tri-State League a little bit and give more history of the City League as we go along. But certainly, send me an email at 262downright at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook and send me a note there as well. As always, I'm grateful that you would listen in, and I hope you'll listen in again soon.